morning. Good morning, Bucks fans. How's everybody doing? Casey Phillips here with Scott Smith, and this is our time where we take all of your questions. So if you're not already heading over to the Facebook page, that is where we can take your questions from. Just leave a comment underneath our live video. We got a lot to talk about this week. That is for sure another really exciting win, which is always so much fun. Um, first, I know that we um, finally have announced the Antonio Brown signing, uh, which was, it, it's always just so weird this year during COVID of how long it takes before we can really officially announce things because of all the protocol stuff. But now that we have announced that signing, um, initial thoughts on his potential contribution to this offense and, and where he might fit. You know, I, I, I think it comes down to, uh, I'm not sure that the team runners are confident that all of our great receivers can stay healthy for 16 games or more than 16 games, assuming, you know, hoping for the playoffs. Um, it, it certainly hasn't gone that way. And, and we also have reports now of uh, Chris Goblin having a fractured finger. The Buccaneers don't have an injury report this week until Thursday, I believe, due to the Monday night game. So we won't have confirmation on that, but certainly the reports are out there. Um, he could be without Chris Godwin for a couple of weeks. And we saw what a difference he made to the offense last week in Las Vegas. So, you know, all of our guys basically have been fighting for injuries and, and, and very impressively so for some of those guys. But basically, I guess the way Bruce put it is you can't have enough good players. And when you have a position that's constantly being hit by injuries, even though that's a very talented position, if you have an opportunity to add some more talent there to give yourself depth and, and playmaking ability to get through some of these injury situations, that's helpful. Um, we know that Antonio Brown can begin working out in the weight room and attending meetings and virtual meetings. Uh, he can't actually practice until next week, however, and he would be available to play for the first time in the New Orleans game. Okay. And then just overall, we talked about, you know, Chris Godwin, the potential for the injury there. Just if when we don't really know for sure that yet, and again, we haven't had the injury report. Um, it, it, what has his impact been so far on this team that and when we've seen when he's in and when he's out to get a feel for what he has meant to this offense? You're talking about Godwin, right? Yes. Yeah, he – before he even came back, when he was about to come back from missing several games with the hamstring, Bruce Arians said, I don't think people – people know that Chris Godwin is a great, great receiver, but they don't know how much he means to the offense, how many things that he does, even in terms of helping the rushing attack with the way they use him in their blocking schemes. But, I mean, to, to me, the thing that stood out in the Las Vegas game, in which he ended up with nine catches, which kind of snuck up on me. I didn't realize he caught nine passes until I looked at the stat sheet. 88 yards and a touchdown. I think the thing that really stood out to me, the difference that he makes is on third downs. Uh, he's just a very trusted guy for Tom Brady on third downs. It's usually something quick, some quick route, somewhere over the middle or out, to, but not very deep. And, and he gets open, he finds a spot, and Tom Brady just zips it in, and he knows he's going to catch it and get that first down. And that game in terms of third down percentage was the best we've had overall this season, the best we've had on passing plays and the best we've had in the second half. Cause uh, unusually um, we've had trouble comparatively in the second half on third downs in most of our games. We've been very good in the first half and pretty bad in the second half. And in this game, we were very good on third downs in the second half. And I think Chris Godwin makes a big difference there. And we've been having so many awards already this season for the team, especially on the defensive side of things. We have another one this week, so let everybody know in case they haven't heard yet who that goes to. Yeah, we've got our third Player of the Week award after Tom Brady won one and Shaq won one. Uh, Devin White is the NFC Defensive Player of the Week after he had three sacks in that win in Las Vegas. 
Uh, three sacks is the most we've ever had in a game by an inside linebacker. First guy to do that. And he's really kind of a different kind of middle linebacker than we've ever had before, one who is just such a good pass rusher. I think he could probably thrive as an outside pass rusher, you know, like get some snaps where Shaq and JPP do. But he is extremely good at blitzing straight up the middle. He's fast. He times it well. And, uh, you know, he's got four sacks in the last two weeks. And he also had 11 tackles and forced fumble. And all of his sacks were big plays in stopping Las Vegas drives, including obviously the last one, which was their basic last gasp on fourth down. And, and he chased Carr down and hit him pretty hard, legally but hard. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite a performance. So we've had all of those. We've also had a rookie of the month in, in, in Antoine Winfield and a defensive player of the month in Levante David. We'll see coming up uh, the player of the month awards for October will come out tomorrow. Wouldn't shock me to see Tom Brady. I mean, he's got 15 touchdowns and one interception in his last four games. So wouldn't be a surprise if he won that award. Yeah, that's so true. All right, and and it's perfect. We were talking a lot about the defense. Um, Isai asked, stat-wise, is this defense on pace to compete with the 0-2 defense? You know, it's a fantastic question, Isai, and I think what you would have to do, and I've been thinking about doing this, so maybe this is the impetus I needed. It's not probably going to, if you just compare numbers to numbers, it's not going to add up because that defense allowed, I think, maybe about 252 yards per game. This one is allowing about 284, I think. So there's a difference there. But how does that compare to the league average right now? At the time when we allowed 252 per game in 2002, there were a lot of defenses that were allowing around 300 yards per game. Now if you allow 350 yards per game – you're still in the top half of the league. So it's all adjusted, and it's possible that compared to the league rate, this one is as good as that one. So we'll see. I need to look that up. I will say that defense allowed 10 touchdown passes and intercepted 35 passes. And as good as the Bucks are second in the league in interceptions, but they have eight. And that would lead to you to think they might end the season with about 16 or 17 interceptions. That doesn't really compare to 35. So this defense might end up being as good as that one, but you can't make that comparison just quite yet. Right. Um, this is an interesting question. James asked, could Antonio Brown increase passes to Mike Evans since Evans may not be double teamed as much? Yeah, that's a good point. And another thing is um, you could take, let's just say everybody's healthy. Uh, you could you could possibly see some more four receiver sets uh, with Antonio Brown in the mix, and he would probably be one of the outside receivers. You could put you could put him and Scotty on the outside, and how scary would that be for opposing defenses? And then Chris Godwin, we know is fantastic in the slot, and in four wide, you're gonna have two guys in the slot, one on each side, if you go two by two. And so Mike Evans could play in the slot, and Bruce Arians said yesterday they might try to do that a little bit more in an effort to make it harder to double-team him. And a a funny thing is, and I actually wrote about this if you want to learn more about it on the website, the Buccaneers ran 15 plays in four wide sets last week against Las Vegas with Tyler Johnson and Scotty and Chris and Mike. And that we'd run seven plays in the first six games total with four wides. And Bruce Arians made a little comment at the end of talking about Mike Evans on Monday that made it sound like we might use a little bit more of that going forward. And, you know, the first thing you need to run a four wide formation is four healthy wideouts. And we've had trouble fielding that. And now, of course, we've got the Chris Godwin injury again, but we might have a better opportunity to do that now. And if you got all those talented players healthy, maybe you want to put them all on the field at the same time. Yeah, that's, that's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, Greg asked, how close is Auclair to being ready to play? 
It sounded, uh, when, when Bruce was asked about this on Monday, it sounded like he was getting pretty close, uh, which is good because the, there's a room there in, in, in the offensive mix for a guy that blocks as well as he does. You saw in the Green Bay game, I believe, we used Joe Haig as an eligible blocker a lot for a good number of plays, something we hadn't done before this season. And I think if you have Eau Claire there, you just use him instead. And, uh, and then you still have at least a mildly credible receiving threat. So um, I think he's getting pretty close. And Greg had also asked if uh, Mike Edwards has maybe earned some more playing time. Who? Mike Edwards. Yeah, that's a very interesting question. And, and, and actually, um, Jeff Ryan and I had Mike on the Salty Dogs podcast. If you want to hear him talking about that very topic, give it a listen. Um, and it just went up this morning. Uh, it's really interesting. He's played 62 defensive snaps out of a possible 382. And he essentially has three picks. I know the stats say he has two picks but he also had one that was taken away on that Shaq Barrett offsides, which was really a close call. I mean, I've watched that, and I'm not sure he was offsides, but I guess he was. And then another one, the Antoine Winfield interception was him tipping the ball. So let's put those together and say, give him credit for a third interception, right? In 62 defensive plays, that's amazing. Like Carlton Davis and, and Jamel, Sean Murphy Bunting have probably played close to 350, 380 snaps, and they're doing well too, but the amount of production that Mike is getting in the playing time he's had – Basically, Bruce Arians said, we have to find a way to put him on the field. Yeah, and we had several questions about uh, the offensive line. Basically, people just kind of wanting to brag on them and, and talk about what they've been accomplishing. That I know there was, a, there was a brief little point, you know, that Chicago game where just it seemed like a lot of things were wrong, penalties, all sorts of stuff going on. But, man, especially since then, they've just been on fire. They've had one false start in the last two games, no holding, no sacks allowed. Uh, the rushing game, the running game has been good. Um, and I think Tom Brady's been hit one time in the last two games. I mean, and, and, and every time we bring this up, we also have to give credit to Tom because he's very good at getting rid of the football. He doesn't allow himself to get sacked a lot of the times. Um, but yeah, they're, they're playing lights out right now. And there's not a whole lot you could say about the offensive line when they're playing well. Except they're playing great. They're playing great. Know? Yeah. We'll take that. We'll, we'll take that for sure. Um, Mark asked, uh, does it seem like Sean Murphy Bunting is struggling in press coverage a little bit? Hmm. Man, I'm going to have to plead ignorance. I don't know specifically if he's struggling in press coverage. Um, I think you see Jamel Dean and, and Carlton Davis uh, making so many plays and their safeties making plays that when you don't hear Sean's name a lot, you, you wonder if he's struggling in relation to the rest of them. And, and that's possible, um, but I wouldn't worry about it in the long run. I mean, we saw what a great player he was last year. So yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I wish I could answer the question. I have not noticed specifically that press coverage is an issue. Yeah. I, I had a Kevin Ross on the radio show Tuesday, oh. the cornerbacks coach. Um, and I asked him just a little bit about Sean Murphy Bunning. So if people want to go listen to that, it's the second half of the Bruce Arians total access show. You can find that on the Bucks website, but um, yeah, he, he mentioned that, that Sean has had some struggles this year in terms of just a little bit of technique stuff and, and some footwork mm. things, but he said that it's, it's stuff that's easily fixable, easily, you know, e easy to kind of clean up a bit. So yeah, he did mention there have been a few little issues in there, um, but overall still definitely has, you know, really, really high expectations, high hopes for him. So if people want to hear the exact, I don't want to put words in the coach's mouth. You can go listen to that part. Um, in Excellent. The show. I'm glad you could fill in the blank there since I didn't know the oh, answer. Yeah. And he, yeah, he was, he was great to talk to. He was pretty funny to hear. Um, and I'd also had Jamel on my show Monday. So we just had a whole bunch of cornerback talk over a nice. couple of days. And it was pretty funny to hear, especially them talk about the way that Todd Bowles uh, does not spare punch, doesn't pull punches. 
uh, <laughs> whenever he does not feel like they're doing what they're supposed to do, uh, especially, and he, he will remind them that he has played this position and knows a thing or two. So I thought that was pretty funny. I asked Mike uh, on Salty Dogs about Todd Bowles and what people didn't know about him. And I said, I thought what people may not realize is that he's like sneakily funny. Yeah. Like he gets little jabs in and, and, and Mike said the same thing. He said, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So he's, a, he's actually a pretty funny guy. He's just kind of, he kind of sneaks it in there. He's, he's so dry about it. Then, and then you're like, Whoa, that was pretty yeah. good. And I think he, he reserves it mainly for the team. He doesn't always show it to the media side, but every now and then, yep. Every now and then it'll come out. Um, I'm glad we got this question. We hadn't talked about this. Esai asked, uh, how did the new addition to the D line do on his first game? So yeah, this is our first chance to see Steve McClendon and how he, yeah. Did. Yeah, they were very happy with his performance. I think he had four tackles. Um, I mean, he played a decent – I think he played about 25 snaps, which is exactly what I was expecting. Um, and he was in there pretty quickly. I think he even got in on the very first drive. Uh, so he is he gave them exactly what they wanted, which is a guy to split snaps at nose tackle with Nacho. And uh, it was off to a great start. I mean, that was – it made it really look like a very smart acquisition and uh, it, just a great start. And I think they're very happy about adding him. I like the way this question was phrased. It's let's get, it's not really even a question, but let's give some love to suck up. I can now take a bathroom break after a touchdown and field goals are becoming automatic inside the 40 yards. So I love yeah. that. If they're not worried. Then go to the bathroom and just assume the extra <laughs> point is good. Assume the field goal is going in. Yep. I, I can't add much to that. I feel the same way. Yeah. Which, I mean, how, how much do you feel like that's helped maybe even just the offense, the team overall to have that? Have you, have you seen where maybe that's even influenced some of the stuff that they have wanted to do at certain points? I get where you're going with that. If you have total trust in your kicker, it might change your decision-making on if you kick the field goal here or if you kick the field goal from this far. Um, but I can't say I've noticed any changes strategically. I, I, it makes, it's a valid point. I just haven't seen it. And then uh, David had asked um, about Tyler Johnson and what we've seen mm -hmm. from him. And again, just as we add another wide receiver, how this is all kind of going to yeah. go together and who might suffer from some reps or who might still be earning some with the addition of AB. You know, you should watch the uh, Antoine Winfield. I'm saying this to the fans. You should watch the Antoine Winfield mic'd up because uh, it's really fun. Did you watch it, Casey? This Not week? yet. My plan is to watch it today. I'm really excited. Really, really good. And of course, Antoine gets a pick and then Tyler Johnson also gets a touchdown and they're both the University of Minnesota guys and they're very, very happy for each other. It's really, it's a fun video to watch. But I think Tyler Johnson's a little bit like Mike Edwards. He's He's getting limited numbers of opportunities, but he's making the most of them. And uh, two touchdowns in the last two games. Um, I think I said it early on, and I was gratified to hear, I think, Bruce Arians say something similar recently in that he's got similar traits and playing styles to Chris Godwin. And I think if you could have a guy that you could hope to develop into something like a Chris Godwin, that's a very good thing to have. You know, playing out of the slot, working in the middle of the field, uh, running great routes. It's, it's, he's a very Chris Goblin-like player, and that's high praise. That's awesome. All right, well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks so much for joining us and for all those amazing questions, and we'll see you next time.